What's going on, coaches? Only a couple weeks left of football, and then uh, we will all be left out in the dark. Uh, unless you're going to go watch some XFL games like I plan on, either in Dallas or Houston. Uh, but unless you guys are going to go watch some of those, uh, we're going to be completely without football, definitely without football as we know it. So um, if you're fiending, you need to get back into it. We've got a lot of stuff that you guys will love on runthepower.com. We've obviously got all of our podcast stuff up there, but we've also got – uh, all of our streaming uh, service, our streaming services up there uh, with all of our different videos and all of our different series. Uh, Coach Walls is just about to put out the newest RTP install, which is all the different variations he has off of spacing. Um, and so there's plenty of stuff for you guys to see up there. Also, all of our virtual summits. Um, and then we've got our next virtual su- summit coming at the end of February. So if you need your fix, head over to runthepower.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Team Builder. Team Builder provides strength and conditioning software to high schools around the country. Whether you guys write your own programs or have a full-time strength coach or you need a training program, Team Builder can make your program better. Right now, Team Builder is offering a 10-week off-season football training program as well as a speed and agility program. This template even comes with videos from some of the top SEC strength coaches that will show you how to successfully run your weight room. Visit their website and enter the code RTP to get the off-season football training template and start your 14-day free trial at teambuilder.com. Again, enter the code RTP at teambuilder.com, which is team, B-U-I-L-D-R.com. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Weston Moody. Coach Moody is the head coach of Omega High School, Omega, Kansas. Listen as we talk with Coach Moody about his path to becoming a head coach how he has used online sources like RTP Premium to develop as a coach, and of course, our favorite topic as always, gap schemes. You can follow Coach Moody on Twitter at CoachWM. Hope you guys enjoy. Weston Moody, and um, you know, I started. I had a privilege of growing up in in uh, the town of Salina, Kansas, and uh, really at the pinnacle of Salina football. You know, we during the late '90s and early 2000s, Salina was a mecca of football. Um, you know, Salina Central and Salina South, two uh, 5A high schools, uh, both you know tradition rich, and and um, Salina Central had like six titles in the late nineties and early two thousands. And I went to the rival school um, and we actually had just as much success. But uh, the crazy thing is, is that, uh, you know, as a little kid, you know, all I knew was, you know, I'm going to go to plenty of football games in the fall. You know, we're going to play in in November and, and one of those teams, either it's Salina South or Salina Central is going to win the state title. So growing up in that culture, uh, I was very fortunate. You know, I had a lot of good coaches around me and, and um, um, it just had a privilege of being around good football for the early part of my, uh, my youth and uh, winning a state title and, and having plenty of, you know, opportunities to, to play for, you know, big time games. And, um, you know, from there I went to uh, Fort Hayes State University and, and played football and baseball there. And, and uh, you know, I had the privilege of, of playing uh, under some great coaches as well. And, and one, of my, one of my mentors and one of my 
big time coaches that's had an impact on me is his coach, coach AJ Blazik, which he's the O-line coach at North Dakota state right now. And it's kind of funny how that all circles around. And, and right now, you know, during recruiting period, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of fun for me because I get to see uh, the coaching tree that I, that I was fortunate enough to be around. You know, I, just the other day, I, I saw Coach uh, Coach Ockengay, Phil Ockengay, that's on South Dakota, and and he was a part of that Fort Hayes State staff, and and it's just how uh, it's funny how everything kind of circles back around, and and uh, so I was very fortunate to be around some of those guys, and and it really pushed me into coaching, you know, seeing guys that were energetic and and having an impact on young men, and, and so from there, you know, I actually I was very fortunate to to come out and. Um, get an opportunity to be a defensive coordinator, you know, at the age of 21. Um, you know, my wife was, was getting a graduate assistantship at the University of Central Missouri uh, in Warrensburg. And uh, they had a new coach that was coming in, and uh, the job was open, and uh, I jumped in. You know, I, I was very fortunate to have that. And little did I know what I was getting myself into, you know, being a young guy and being energetic. And, and you know, most of the time, you know, you, you just – are an assistant for a while or you work in youth for a while you work in middle school for a while um I jumped right in was a defensive coordinator there in Warrensburg and uh, had a steep learning curve you know uh, the coach at the time wanted to run the 3-3 stack I had zero experience with that <laughs> I felt like uh, you know I was calling blitzes every single play as a 21 year old guy I felt man I'm calling blitzes every single play and uh but I learned a ton I learned a ton of that opportunity that I had and uh what what I did learn, the main thing I learned was that I need to go back and be an assistant coach and uh, learn from some other good coaches. And I had the opportunity to go back to my alma mater, uh, Salina South, and had the dream. My dream job came up. You know, my, it was my dream job. Working at my alma mater was a strength and conditioning coach, um, coaching with, with guys that coached me. And uh, really, I was like, man, this is, gonna, this is where I'm going to be for the rest of my life. Um, coaching baseball and, and coaching football and doing everything I love being in my hometown uh but my wife you know she she wanted to she's pretty she's pretty dedicated to her craft as well and um you know she she couldn't find an opportunity that she she wanted at the time and so um she just so happened to get a job at, at Kansas State University and um you know we were actually I was actually driving and we were both driving quite a bit uh, we were married at the time and kind of living apart for a while. And she got in a car accident. And uh, at that point in time, I was like, I'm going to get online and, and, and see if I can find a, a job that's close to, to Manhattan. And so I did that and uh, found a middle school job for Riley Middle School. Uh, it's, at a, it's on the Fort Riley uh, uh, Army Base right next to, right next to Manhattan. And uh, probably learned more in that one, that, that first year coaching middle school football than I learned in the previous years, um, you know, coaching at a 5A level and as defensive coordinator. I learned more about football that one year, that first year of middle school football. Because, you know, you got kids walking out of the locker room with their, with their girdles on backwards and, and <laughs> you get all sorts of crazy things in middle school. Level. <laughs> you know, I – I, I try to tell every young coach, I'm like, hey, you got you got to cut your teeth uh, coaching at all levels. I think once you – if you're just coaching at the upper levels, you kind of lose grasp of of the youth uh, aspect of program building. And if I hadn't had that experience at Fort Riley Middle School, I don't think I would have 
realize how much dedication, how much time, you know, goes to that youth and, and building that up. And, and so, you know, I, I, I stayed there for a little while and, and a job came open at Manhattan High School and Manhattan High School, uh, pretty tradition rich as well. You know, they have a couple state titles and it's really the only 6A uh, school, which is the biggest classification in Kansas. It's the biggest school in, in, the, in that area. And it kind of rules that area as far as football goes um, at the high school level. And I worked my way up and, and got to be the defensive coordinator there. And, um, you know, great opportunity there. We were always, always pushing to uh, get to the state title game. But we always ran into Derby High School. And I don't know if you guys know anything about Derby High School, but oh, yeah. they've done Derby, it. Kansas, I've heard about it a bunch. Oh, man, they're just – I mean, Brandon Clark, so he's, he's done a hell of a job there. They – they're kicking ass right now, man. And, and, uh, I was, I was tired of getting my ass kicked by him. And so, you know, Wamego high school, which is located about 12 miles east of Manhattan, um, a three, a school right now, but we'll bump up to four a next year. It came open and, uh, I decided, Hey, this is a good opportunity for me to, to start my journey as a, as a head football coach. And so I took the job, um, we've done a nice job of kind of turning it around here. You know, when I showed up, everybody said, well, this is a cross country basketball school. And uh, I said, okay, all right, well, we're going to try to turn it around and, and try to make it a football school. And uh, you know, first season we were had a winning record for first time in five years. And this last year we were, we, you know, we were six and three, um, you know, knocking on the door uh, in three a, I thought we had a shot to win it. Um, we had a we have a Division One running back that uh, broke his foot um, in a big time game. We were six and one at the time, and then we lost our our last two games, and and uh, so we had some injuries pop up. Like most people, you know, you kind of got to stay away from the injury bug. But um, our guys are are you know they're they're breathing football right now, and uh, they're wanting to play. They're wanting to. We're getting good numbers out, and so. I feel like the culture shift has started as far as making this, uh, this program a football school. So that's kind of my journey uh, to where I am right now. Um, you know, uh, very fortunate to be around, you know, Kansas State University. It's kind of funny how, you know, I've always been kind of a, around coaches that want to run power, and, and that's what you guys specialize in. <laughs> I think I might have been your first subscriber. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure I was pretty close. So once you guys popped up, I was like, I'm bought in, man. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was on the forums. I, I, I think I posted the, for the first time and, and no one answered me. I said, well, am I the only one subscribed to this or what, man? <laughs> yeah, the, the forums are, are um, a, a little bit tougher to get going than I thought uh, they might be. We kind of assumed, you know, I don't know. I don't know how big forums are or aren't anymore, uh, especially with being able to text and email and, and do all of that now. And then the podcast, hearing people and, and with the videos, I think we, we were kind of lax on the forums and, and we didn't maybe put those out probably as, as much as we should have, especially, I guess, with Twitter too. It's like a, it's just one big forum. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I think you guys are right. You know, I, I tried it out and then I was like, well, I'll just – get back to my Twitter game and <laughs> get on there and, and communicate with all these great coaches and try to learn. And, and uh, that's where I'm at. You know, I, I like to go over to K-State and talk to those guys. And, and uh, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're a QB power team. 
to the core and uh, no place better to learn from than in K-State. So I feel very fortunate to be around, uh, around that program. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm very jealous of you. We got to take a trip, Broken Arrow, our, our offense coaches, we took a trip um, this summer and got to go up there and talk to those guys for a few hours. But um, it was, you know, however long that trip is, it was, it was you know, uh, quite a few hours for us where it'd be a lot nicer if we could just swing in every, every few weekends and, and get a little bit more from those guys. But the cool part about those guys is they are, at least to us, they were where they were very, very open with us. And, um, you know, their OC sat down for two hours straight and, and went through whatever film cut up, whatever we wanted. Uh, coach Riley, the offensive line coach, he let me go in his office and just rattle things off for about an hour. They were um, unbelievably open to us and, and open really seemed like anyways to answer any question that we could even think of. Yeah, oh, no doubt. Those guys are great. Um, you know, we, I talked to coach Messingham a couple times since the summer and, and they're very, very good coaches. But you know, the, the thing I was most impressed about is just the time and dedication to us. They, you know, they allowed us to come in and, and it was kind of like, I kind of felt weird. Like I shouldn't be in that office. I'm like, man, this is, this is crazy. This is awesome. And, uh, you know, we, we actually went in there to talk about, uh, inside zone. Uh, you know, we were a heavy, heavy power team my first year and we wanted to learn a little bit more about the inside zone and, and, uh, about, a 30 minutes into the conversation, you know, I, I quickly, you know, me and my old line coach are looking at each other like, Oh God, let's just go back to power <laughs> as much you know what'd you take yeah what'd you take from from inside zone because I think that it can be paired up and be able to run some inside zone and power because the double teams are fairly similar but um as far as who you're going to can get changed up uh, as well kind of interesting what'd you what'd you get from it or what they have to say or what'd you take from uh, your inside zone talk with them well I, you know, during, during that conversation, I quickly switched to power and, and coach Messingham was like, Oh, hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> very enthusiastic about uh, power and an inside zone was just kind of maybe their switch up, you know, maybe mm-hmm. their complement to their, what they want to do with power, you know, and, and what we did this year, you know, we, we ran duo duo was our main, you know, and some people call it, you know, it's, it's, it's not inside zone. Um, I, I felt like we, we taught it more like power, um, our duo scheme. And uh, really, I talked to Coach Caduti of Tomball uh, mm-hmm. about it quite a bit and uh, learned from him and, and just bounced ideas off of him. And, and I have a, of a bunch of film that we studied in the offseason. And, and we – because, you know, with, with polars, our, our thing with power last year was that our polar was never able to get there. Um, we just felt like, you know – Personnel wise, we didn't have the greatest guards and and we personnel we just felt like duo might be a better scheme for us and it was um, and for us it was maybe it was just uh, you know the double teams and and how we taught it and you know we were super aggressive with our double teams and um, I think sometimes with inside zone it gets to the point where you get your your linemen start chasing backers and and you get one on ones and and you know our defensive coordinator and and Right now, he was a defensive line coach with me at Manhattan High. And whenever we saw an inside zone team, we, we kind of felt pretty good about what we could do with twist game and, and getting penetration. And we never really had a team that mashed us with inside zone until, you know, Derby. Derby came along, and they run pretty good stuff with inside zone. And so, you know, 
talking to Coach Messingham, you know, we, we decided to get away from it and, and really just get better at what we do. And, and uh, that's the problem. There's so much stuff out there. Uh, there's so much scheme out there. You can, you can learn a ton. And you can, you can study as much as you want. But the bottom line is you have a 16-year-old kid that has to execute it. And for us, um, you know, we just got to hang our hat on power. And that's what we did this year. And, and duo was really our compliment when we felt like people were trying to run through, um, you know, run through our poles uh, where a guard was. Um, we would run duo and uh, had a lot of success with it. So did, that's where we're did at. Did you guys run inside zone and duo or you completely had inside zone out of it? No, we not, we did not have inside zone. We, See, we I think I, you'll hear me argue a bunch that inside zone's basically duo, and and I, you know, I really haven't spent the time, I guess, necessary to really make that judgment, uh, just from the clips I've seen and the coaches I've heard. But what I will say is, to me, the way I teach inside zone, it's almost identical to duo. But also, if someone would rather call it duo than inside zone, and that's easier for their kids. I, I think, you know, more power to whoever, if you want to do it that way. My always argument has been there's not – doesn't make much sense to me to have both inside zone and duo. Um, oh, sure. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. if it fits better, like you said, with your kids, to call it duo and it's gap scheme, and but now we're going to this linebacker instead of this one, and that works for them, man, that's freaking awesome as long as to me and, – and, again, I'm sure I'm off on a couple things, but, again, now if you do that, there's no reason to – also call inside zone because it's very similar uh, no reason to have two plays that are that are kind of working the same thing yeah totally and I've heard you say that before and you know I, I've, I haven't studied inside zone enough to really get a grasp of the intricacies of it um, for us teaching our kids and saying guys this is no different than power except for we're not pulling right we got a guy kicking out and 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 we're not pulling and, um, you know, teaching that was, was simple for our guys. And um, we didn't have a bunch of – I think the good thing about our offense this year was that we didn't have a lot of guys doing twist game and, and blitzing on us because we had a, a jet sweep. You know, jet sweep was, our, was our, one of our top plays. And, and 80, over 80% of our plays we had jet sweep motion, jet motion off of it. So um, if you're going to blitz and do all that, we're going to hit you on the edge. And, and we had a kid that was, a, you know, he's an all-state caliber returner, you know, just a dynamic threat in the jet game. And uh, so I think that that helped us um, get our double teams where we're not getting a lot of different looks. Mm -hmm. We were able to practice the heck out of those. And Is that – is that something that um, – kind of two questions. Did you do that out of the gun or under center? And then were you sweeping away from power or to it? Uh, we were never under center. We were 100%. Gun. And uh, we were running out of 21 personnel, uh, wing, tw wing twins. So – and we'd jet, we'd jet to the wing. Um, sometimes we'd zipper motion and, and run jet uh, weak. But I would say probably 90% of the time we're running jet sweep to the wing. And then we'd run duo uh, to the wing side. And then we'd run counter weak. And that's probably, I mean, that's 90% of our run game right there. Um, we ran a little bit of wham, um, a little bit of speed option. But mm -hmm. besides that, I mean, we're, that's 90% that's of our offense. And we got really, really good at uh, seeing different types of twists and, and practice and, 
And I felt like my first year we were, you know, kind of diving in deep with a lot of different things. And so this year we had some dynamic threats and we decided, hey, we're going to get really good at what we do. You know, we, we do. A, and I would say that, you know, another big thing that we did uh, was shifts and motions. And we got some of that from K-State as well. Their trading and their motions. And <clears throat> a lot of the times we felt like teams wouldn't even line up correctly. They wouldn't even, they wouldn't even bump or move or do anything. Mm-hmm. which is crazy but um you know sometimes we wouldn't get anything out of you know we played the two-time defending uh state champions in 3a and first play we go uh wing you know we call we called it uh trips wing but we had a wing to the left and a trips to the right side to the field and we shifted our our tight end and our wing over to the trip side and just ran qb sweep and they didn't even adjust. And so <laughs> that's right. I'm like, Hey man, if, if they're not, not going to adjust, we'll just keep running those things, you know? And so, that's crazy how that works. And, and if you don't have that in the offense, then you can't exploit that. I, I'd say that's one of the things that we've done the last two years. It's something that we didn't do probably enough this year of some of our shifts um, because you, it can get you. But I think what we did a lot more this year was some unbalanced stuff. Um, and it's, it's, you know, to me was amazing how tough that was for defenses. You know, even though guys are covered up, they're still going to cover them. Uh, and now it makes those safeties so much softer. Absolutely. And, you know, I growing up, I remember um, our defensive coordinator uh, when I was growing up in high school was like, he always talked about numbers. He's always, you know, whenever he'd scout a team, he'd, he'd put numbers up on the board. We'd look, okay, all right. It's all a numbers game. So if we can get numbers to the point of the attack, I mean – and you're not going to adjust, then, you know, we're going to mash you all day long. And, and so that – and watching K-State and some of the stuff they do and some of the shifts and motions that they do, um, you know, sometimes at collegiate level they don't even adjust. It's crazy. That's right. That's right. Um, well, it sounds, you know, very similar, too, to, to some of the North Dakota State stuff as well with their uh, – you know, they've got some of the jet sweep game, and, and they'll do it sometimes out of diamond and – and run that thing out there, but then keep it out the backside or hand it or, you know, kind of where the numbers are. Did, did you guys ever toy with or, or do you ever toy with on that jet sweep kind of semi-reading it or giving him maybe a, a pre-snap option or is it is it always a called thing for you guys? Uh, we we found that our quarterback couldn't read when we, when we jet sweep, uh, so we'd call it. We'd call it a keep or – we'd actually run power off of it. So, you know, if we have a slot to the left and we're bringing jet sweep from the left, we'd, we'd call counter or we called it a counter and power for us. You know, we call it the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. Right left. We call, we call it rice and lettuce and we just, uh, you know, we call it right or left. And, and, and every, the guys know it's a, it's a kick out and a lead through for us. So we'll take, you know, jet sweep off of that and off that action and, and run power to the, to the side of the jet sweep. Uh, we did run a little bit of power read. Um, we just found that our quarterback couldn't read it as well, and, and uh, it was tough for him. You know, we always asked him, hey, can you – are you able to get a good read off of that? You know, in practice it looked good. Uh, but in the game, I don't know if it's just something in the game where just couldn't read it very well. And so we just found, you know, making a call and, and telling him to keep it was our best option. You know, negative yardage plays, I, we always talk huh. about things you know we can't have negative yardage plays yep. you know that's a, and can't turn the damn ball over and so um eliminating that read part of of 
of what his decision making was better for us this year. I'm completely on on board with that. I think that being able to show power read gives the defense one more thing to think about. Um, but I think, and I'm pretty sure I heard it from Walls, but I think power read is like a, um, you know, it's like a dessert or something, something you want to sprinkle in every once in a while, make them adjust to it, make them coach it. Uh, but it's not something that you want to do, um, you know, every drive or four times a drive or whatever. It's, it's kind of a change up. Um, and with it being that, it's also pretty, in my opinion, pretty expensive to get that read done. I may, and I'm sure I'm off, and there's some coaches would disagree with that, but in my opinion, it's fairly expensive to get that read uh, on the front side of it. And so if you can just make it easy and say, hey, we're going to hand it off or you're going to keep it, it still gives that same illusion of, hey, we're going to read your end, makes them decide what they're going to do against that formation. And if that happens, and you're not putting anything more on your kids other than, hey, give or keep. Uh, totally agree, especially off a jet sweep action. I yes. Mean, if, the, if, the, if you get a stagnant back and you can kind of stick the ball in the mesh for a while and read it that way, maybe. And, and we did a little bit of that, uh, not as much this year, um, just because we, you know, we found that, you know, we had a, our quarterback was over 200 pounds. And we wanted to get him downhill and, and eliminate decisions. Yeah. For him. And uh, we felt like, hey, if we can just get this guy downhill and, and run power, um, that gives us a better option of not taking negative yardage plays. I was watching, you know, talking a, a running type quarterback. I was watching Ohio State today, and they ran. It was a pretty dirty counter with their quarterback, and they, I think, they jet sweep um, to the tailback, you know, across over to the tailback, and he went across, and the quarterback. It was like a counter draw. Quarterback takes like a step back and looks up like he's going to throw it out there. Or, or maybe downfield, the tailback takes like a step up, like he's going to pass pro, guard kicks, and then tailback wraps, and then the quarterback ran counter out the opposite way. Um, and it was it was big. Now, also helps to have him at quarterback. I get that. But um, it, it was a really cool design play, uh, and they gashed him with it. Yeah, and, and you know, I get I get that all the time with from people, like, asking me if I'm afraid of running my quarterback. And and my answer is no, you know, my answer is I'm about numbers game. You know, we, we like to motion our guy out of the, our running back out of the backfield as well. Um, I, I feel like a lot of people, a lot of teams don't practice that. And so you can just get a quick swing pass or you can get a, or you get somebody to totally bail. You get two guys to bail on the back and then you run power week and, and it's pretty nasty. So we, you know, our pass game is, is you know, it's pretty limited. Um, but we do a lot of RPOs uh, off our power stuff. You know, we'll lock the, the weak side tackle and, and we'll motion the back out or we'll run stick and we'll run counter weak all day long because you get teams that will just flood the field and you get that end up field and uh, guards pulling and leading through and it's money for us. Yeah, you guys are uh... – you guys are getting me all jacked up over here. I've been listening the whole time and just drawing stuff up here on the uh, the yellow pad. <laughs> um, I was gonna. I like what you said about you know the the power read. I mean, to me, again, you're talking about a QB. You've already got a guy that you're gonna get downhill anyway. And if you're running the QB, you've already you've already equaled the numbers game. I mean, if, if a team plays one high, that safety's basically been rendered useless in the quarterback run game now if they play some too high things obviously they got cutback players they got spill players 
you know, it, it can be a little bit different. But to me, what, if, if I'm going to do power read, you know, why not just fake the back across, have him block the end, and then me just run quarterback power? I'm, I'm with you 100%. I think you're going to see way less negative plays, and I guarantee it's probably going to be a more efficient play, especially with as much jet sweep as you have, and you can doctor that play up. Absolutely. Um, I, and I don't know why more teams don't do jet sweep, and, you know, we're going to do it this year. We don't have – as dynamic of a player because that, that kid was a senior. So, but uh, in my eyes, you just, you know, send kids in and run them on jet sweeps. I mean, you're going to get, you're going to tip their hat on what they're trying to do. They're going to roll safeties. They're going to blitz weak side. What are they going to do? And you figure it out right away. And most teams don't have but one check on your jet sweep um, action. If they, if they have more than that, then, you know, I don't know what team that – we didn't have that happen to us because most <laughs> teams we're facing, uh, you know, they go both ways. And, and that's one thing that we did coming here is that, you know, we were all told all the time, hey, you guys can't two platoon over here. It's, it's you know, you gotta, you got to have guys going both ways. And for me, you know, and the defensive coordinator I, I chose, and we're kind of the same philosophy, is that that's just a – you're bailing on kids, you know. I don't, I don't want to have kids on site. If we can coach a kid up, then we're going to put them out there and we're going to get them better. And for us, I'd rather, you know, coach a kid up first two weeks and figure out if they can play rather than say, ah, I'm just going to start this kid that's, you know, hell of a D lineman for me and then mm-hmm. start him both ways. And then what happens when he gets injured? You know, you have a, you have a problem there. And so – and that's some of the feed the cat stuff that I've, I've, I've studied into and – and keeping kids fresh and that's what we tip you know we talk about it all the time in our in our meetings and and in the weight room is that we're going to be fresher than everybody and faster than everybody fourth quarter comes around those kids are cramping we're not and 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 that's it's held true you know we we don't we don't have a lot of two-way players if any you know when shit hits a fan yeah absolutely my, my division one running back this year he's going to Akron next year and People are calling me crazy because we didn't play him on defense. Um, but I said, hey, man, this kid's going to be carrying the ball. You know, I want him That's right. <laughs> I want him fresh. And, and uh, if I'm putting him both ways and, and uh, he's tired at the end of the fourth quarter and cramping up, he's useless. He can't play anyway. He's, he's going to be on the bench. And uh, so, you know, that was the first game we played a team that was going both ways. And, and we were just fresher than them. And I found that, that our guys kind of embraced that. And they're like, yeah, absolutely, Coach. We get it. We understand it. Well, I think you, you hit on two things that are right up Walls' alley. Um, before we forget it, because I'm sure he's ready to, to go on the, the um, being fresher and, and working faster than other people. But uh, before we forget it, you mentioned, you know, loving the, the jet sweep stuff because teams, you know, only have one, maybe two checks for it. That's been something that, Walls has talked about to me, and, and I'm a bad coach because I don't remember all, all the different ones because uh, I haven't needed to. But um, he always I, – I know the big one is, is motioning out of the backfield to empty. You know, a team's only going to have a couple checks. What were the other big ones that you like to, to look at, Walls? Because, you know, you always had those on your call sheet uh, every week. You're, you were going to see how are they going to go to this. And, and if it is only one check or two and, and they're both, you know, give up something – and, hey, we're going to keep doing that because we know exactly what we're getting in that, where if we get in the eye, you know, feasibly they could go quite a few different things and, and with a bunch of different uh, looks in the back end. Yeah, uh, I, that's exactly – it's funny you say that because that was literally going to be my next question. So I was going to say, 
you know, another reason when you have a quarterback that can run, I mean, motion in the back out and you're an RPO team, motion the back out, there's one of two things they can do. And if you get good at blocking on the perimeter, we can throw RPOs, you throw the, the screen and pumps, it becomes a whole other series, just like you described, Coach, of your, you know, your duo, your power, your counter with a jet sweep, you know, four different things that they have to be able to stop. Same thing when I motion the back out, oh man, they can run the QB, we better leave dudes in the box. Oh man, they can throw the screen. Okay, now we start sucking up on the screen, we throw the pump and go, all kinds of things you can do and it becomes really, really easy, easy football. I think for those guys, and I think, again, you talk about, you know, auto checks, every single game plan I have, I'm going to have too tight formation on there because every, every defense America, they're going to have one, maybe two checks. How are they going to play too tight? You know, how are they going to cover those eight gaps? Now I have a quarterback that can run. How do they handle ace empty? So, I mean, I think there's, there's all kinds of things that you should have every single week, knowing that it stresses the defense. And then it, to me, it's easy as a play caller then because, you know, it's two, three, four things that I'm just seeing what they do to try to take these away, and I'm going to have the counter when it needs to be done. Absolutely. <clears throat> I think, it, it, you know, you can practice those things and rep them, but, you know, when you get into having different schemes and strategies and, yeah. and uh, you know, you want to run veer or you want to run uh, inside <laughs> zone, you want to do all these things, and, you know, our heads, our kids' heads are exploding because they can't can't think straight you know and now they're out on the field and and uh you know you look at your product and and that was you know growing up around good coaches you know we were shoot when I was in high school we ran robust uh whole house t to and we didn't ever get out of that and and the only time we'd get out of it is 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 we'd go empty and uh empty under center and we had like one or two pass plays out of that but um, besides that, we were a full house tee, veer team, and mashing the mouth power. And, and so um, you got to get good at what you're, you know, you got to have an identity and, and what, you're, what you want to hang your hat on. And so, you know, our guys know that. And I uh, think this year kind of sold them on that. When I think it all, I mean, all of it looks the same too. I mean, you're talking, you're, you're lining up guys in the same spots. There's a lot of that, that same action. So, you know, you're literally very, very similar blocking schemes. And then, you know, for, for you as a play caller, I, I know what they're going to do to take this away. If they're going to stay too high, we should run for a million yards, you know, unless, you know, they, they have a, a defensive lineman we can't block or something like that. But we'll figure out the, the way that we can run the ball. Is it going to be strong? Is it going to be weak? If we can run it both directions, they're going to be in for a long night. You know, if we, if we can only run it one direction, obviously now we know, okay, they, they shrink the field on us. What are we going to do to take advantage of that space? Are we going to RPO them? Are we going to play action them? You know, when, when do I pull that out? I, I just think it, it becomes so simple as a play caller just to, to have these little series of plays and, and play off of it as, as opposed to, you know, what you did when you were a young coach, what I did when I was a young coach. I was chasing – I was the dog chasing my own tail. Because I kept calling, well, it's got to be a different play. Well, it's got to be a different play. It's got to be a different play. Well, it wasn't really the play, right? I'd call that play that, just like you said, we'd only practice it two or three times. We weren't going to execute it anyway. So I ended up, you know, basically screwing ourselves because of my mindset of, you know, the, the play calling instead of, like, you guys have adjusted it now. It's a series, and it all looks exactly the same, and it becomes really tough for the defense to be able to defend all four or five of those plays. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> being a young coach and actually, you know, being a defensive guy, you know, I was a defensive guy my entire 
career up until, you know, being a head coach and, and uh, you know, the first, you know, first time I put together a play call sheet, you know, I looked at it at the end. I was like, holy crap, this looks like a, a buffet. I don't even know what to pick here. Like, <laughs> it was ridiculous. I was like, this is, and I ended up the first game. I was like, shit, man, I'm just going to throw this away. This is useless. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. And, uh, you know, I just, I think reflecting and, and thinking about as a defensive guy, what, what was the hardest thing to stop? Well, you know, teams that would, would line up in different things and, and show you different looks, but really it's the same scheme. Um, you know, we, uh, there's a, there's a guy in junction city that we, we were defensive guys against and God dang, I remember one day we were up in the office until 2am and he had like, we had the entire wall covered with formations and shifts. And I'm like, good freaking God, how are we going to do this shit? <laughs> That's right. You know, our kids, their heads are going to explode, you know? And, but really he's doing the same stuff, you know, he's, it's, as far as um, scheme wise, you know, he was a lot of Q counter as well. And, Q power and and uh, that's tough stuff when you look at the numbers and especially if you have a guy that can throw the ball, you know. And and I feel very fortunate that we have a young kid that I think is going to be a pretty dynamic runner, but also can throw it. Um, and so that's going to be you know an interesting dynamic as well for for our offense this next year. Yeah, and I like what you're saying, you know, about you know being able to to put in some of those wrinkles of those different formations. You know, I, I again, I call them you know openers. I'm sure I'm sure most offensive coordinators do, but like you know, coming off the sideline, it's something. Hey, hey, we're, we're just going to use this shift, you know, and, and then we're going to run counter. You know, we're going to use this shift. We're going to jet it, and then we we'll run the QB power. You know, whatever your first down plays. I think you know, I think that stuff is, is good. But again, if I'm trying to do that, you know, every play, or I'm trying to do that you know, all the time to me, it's, you know, four or five different looks that I'm going to pull out, you know, as drive starters for, you know, Hey, two of these in the first half, two of these in the second half to where now maybe a D coordinator is wasting some time where he's on the sideline, drawing this up. Okay. And now if they shift, you know, they, I mean, I, or, or, or I'm setting up a shot play later on, you know, I mean, every time we've shifted, we run counter, counter, counter. Now we're going to fake the counter. We got a shot or something like that. I mean, I think, that stuff's fine, but again, it's always worked in in the framework of of what we do. Hey guys, it's just counter, right? And we're just getting to it this different way. And I I think that stuff's awesome. But I like I'm with you, man. I I used to have the call sheet that every 400 plays on there. Like, hey, no way I'm going to run all these things, man. Hell, no, no. chance. <laughs> yeah, I think. But I think when you're you're a young guy like like I was, and just you know, sometimes you overthink things and. And when it all comes down to it, that kid, that 15-year-old kid, how much film is he watching? He ain't watching as much film as I am. I can tell you that much. He's <laughs> close. He's, he's, more, he's worried about other things. And so we can just get our guys out there and playing hard and playing fast and, and uh, you know, playing with the hair on fire. And, and, and I feel like that, that we've done that and, and our guys are rested. They're, you know, our practice schedule is, is very conducive. And, and I'm always constantly asking and, and assessing how they feel and, and if they're fresh. And, and um, mm -hmm. I think the guys understand that we're looking out for them and not just running them into the dirt. And, you know, the, the sprints and, and having them do useless sprints, it, it just has never really resonated with me. You know, I've always been a guy that I try to look at common sense things. I was just like, that doesn't even make any sense. Like, like what are we doing, guys? And, and – we have, it's, it's, I try to, you know, my, my first staff that we, we put together, I tried to get guys from different back, backgrounds and 
coaches with experience and young coaches and uh, just because I want to hear different perspectives. And it's, it's nice every once in a while to hear, you know, a perspective from the old school coach because I think there is some, some takeaways from that, you know, hard, get, being hard on the kids. I think that's good. Um, but the, the conditioning aspect, I've never really bought into the old school viewpoint of that. No, I 100%. I mean, I think, especially if you, if, oh shoot, I, I'm going to, I'm not even going to say that, right. I keep saying only the skill kids because yeah, the skill kids have to run more. I mean, the last thing I want is to have an offensive line that's beaten and battered when they go into a game too. I want those guys literally chomping down on the mouthpiece and I want those guys to be exploding off the ball. If I'm a power power run team and I and I double team, I want those guys exploding through double teams. So I mean I don't I don't want those guys gassed. You know, same thing with guys that that are running routes. I don't I don't want those guys to be gassed at all. And you talk about having fast, you know, fast paced and fresh guys in practice, it forces you to simplify. That to me, that's like the biggest thing about Tony Hollers, feed the cats, the whole thing. You know, it forces you to simplify as a coach. So, I mean, you know, how do we simplify practice? How do we simplify our offense? How do we simplify how we train? I mean, to me, getting it more and more simple, right? Coach, you said the, the, the biggest thing you ever did was coach middle school ball, right? It takes me back to middle school ball, right? I need to simplify it. What is the most, the littlest amount of things we can do to win a football game? And then when my guys go into it, one, they're going to be confident. They know what's going on. And then two, they're fast and fresh. Their minds, they feel great. They're ready to rock and roll. They know their assignment. The only thing that's going to happen in that game is going to be positive, right? I, I haven't, I haven't outcoached myself, right? All that's going to happen out there on the field is like you said, Hey, the, the ball might bounce poorly a couple of times. We might have a turnover or two, but what can you really do about that anyway? Right. I mean, let's put the, Absolutely. let's put the horses on the field and let's go and let them go to work. Yep. You, you hit the nail on the head and you know, I try to talk to the guys and tell them it's not, it's not what we do. It's how we do it. You know, it's, it's, there's a lot of guys out there that will say, you know, this is a good scheme and, and we should be doing this instead of that. You know, we're going to run power at these dudes and, and we're going to do it with our hair on fire. And if, if they beat us, then tip of the hat. But, you know, we're, we're going to rep the piss out of it and we're going to be really good at it. And, uh, you know, I got this bought a Crowther sled and I'm uh, going to put it in our weight room. And uh, there we go. I think, you know, I think our guys are Love just going to hey, look down there and say, hey, that's that's what we that's what we're about. man. we're about getting off. The, we're about, you know, mashing people up front and uh, having a culture of, of O-linemen that buy into that. And that's been probably the hardest thing um, as far as program wide building a program from the youth on up is, you know, with football, the big guys tend to not be bought into football anymore. And, and, and everybody complains about O-linemen not having enough of them. And it's because, you know, they get all the glory at the younger age. They get all the glory at the middle school. And, and uh, you know, we're, we're fixing to change that. You know, we're making shirts up. We're, we're, we're getting every single kid, every single big kid that can play football. You get your butt out for football. and You get out for wrestling. And, and I tell our youth coaches, you better not be running a, a big kid off, you know, for not being, I don't want to hear anything about him not being athletic and, and I don't want to hear any of that crap. You know, we, some of these kids, you know, this is probably maybe one of the only sports they're ever going to be good at, you know? And so that, that culture of O-line is what we're trying to build here. And I think it's going to pay dividends for us in the future. 
There's no doubt. I, I mean, that's been the biggest, um, biggest benefit uh, where I coach at Broken Arrow is it's, it's kind of the thing now. And it, it hadn't always been the case. I, I went and played here and it wasn't really ever a big deal um, offensive line. I think really until uh, our head coach, Coach Alexander, and then when Walls came in, um, I think they started to make that shift and shift from, you know, maybe even the short fat kids to the bigger, you know, hefty kids, but bigger. And, and they started cutting some weight off of them and they felt good and looked good. And then, uh, you know, kind of offensive line was the cool thing. Uh, and then, you know, year after year, there's kids going to, uh, you know, college play football, whether it's division one or division two. Uh, and then you get a new group of kids in and, and I already had my, my big, uh, our, our, our freshmen came up, you know, now to come work out with us. And they've only been with us a week. And I've already had my big brainwash meeting with them about how it, it really means something to be an offensive lineman at Broken Arrow. Um, and they're a part of this big legacy. And, and um, you know, all the, the kids that we send off to college and this is the place to be. And, um, you know, we've already had our brainwashing. And it's an easy brainwash um, from how big of a deal our head coach makes that, that position. Yeah, and, and see, that's that's why you guys have, you know, done so well, I think, is that, you know, those kids buy into that, and they've heard that story before, and and uh, they believe in it and, and believe in that culture, and that's what we're trying to do here. And, you know, I think it's going to take a little bit of time, you know, because there's some kids walking our hallways that bad, had bad experiences when they were kids. You know, they, they didn't get much time or they didn't get loved up, and, and – uh, my my goal is to not have a kid walking around. I have a kid that right now he's he's probably six five, three oh five, and and I see him walking around the halls all all the damn time. And I go up and say, "Hey man, I gotta have you. You know, you gotta come out and and try it out." And he just had a bad experience. You know, he just he said, "I didn't enjoy it when I was a kid." And uh, I was like, "God dang, we can't let that happen, guys." And that was the first meeting I had with our youth youth guy. I don't care about the damn receivers. I was like, you know what? Um, when I, when I hear college coaches come in here, um, hey, wide receivers are a dime a dozen. No, uh, no college recruiter is going to come in here looking for a wide receiver. Uh, they can go down south and get those guys that play seven on seven all the time. You know, our, we, we don't have spring ball, and, and our guys, you know, aren't playing spring ball. They're not catching the ball, you know, 24-7. It's freaking freezing cold right here right now. It's Nobody's outside, period. You know, so I tell our guys, hey, the linemen are the ones that are going to be getting the scallies, you know, and and so hopefully we can get these guys to buy into that. But I think we've done a good job the last couple of years um, of getting those guys bought in. But I'd love to hear some ideas that you guys have from Brook and Arrow because, man, you guys got some large human beings down there or something. I'd, I went online and watched some film. Holy crap, you know, your state championship year. Uh, was that last year, right? Yes, last year. Yes, we had we had some – we had even bigger kids this year. Um um, it, it has not always been the case here at Broken Arrow, and and I wish I could speak to to how that started. I kind of I kind of came in right before the the wave was up to its crest, and I've gotten to kind of ride that wave as as I've gone. Uh, but Walls is a great one to to talk to about kind of how that started, how that whole process started, because he came in when when Broken Arrow's offensive line was still you know not really known for anything, and and we'd had some guys, you know, I guess my junior year we had. Um, a kid that was a sophomore that went to Air Force and they had me that went to Houston and we had a older kid that went to Arkansas and we were never ever thought of as a offensive line powerhouse or 
or one of the top offensive lines in the in the state, and it wasn't thought of that at all. Um, and and I don't know that we're thought of that now, but but I sure preach it to our kids that we are. Uh, but it, it kind of all started with walls. So walls, kind of what what was that process as you guys came over? And and you guys came from a, a what was and, and maybe still is, um, not in my opinion because there are, are rivals, but definitely was thought of as the place to, to go for offensive linemen, which was at Jinx. I mean, if you're a Jinx offensive lineman, it really, really meant something. And year after year, they were, this, you know, they were the standard. Um, so how, what did you guys bring over? What did you do to kind of get that started at, at a place like Broken Arrow? I think n- number one is just the, the, the sense of family uh, and belonging. You know, I, I think some of the, the prior guys at, at BA, I mean, it was just talked about like, Hey, you just, you just need to be big. And I think, you know, so that was like the one thing. So guys would hear, I need to be big. It, it didn't matter if you were, they didn't say strong, you know, they didn't say massive. They just said big. So a lot of those guys were carrying a lot of excess weight and they're just like, well, Hey, coach told me I got to get bigger. So they just eat whatever and, and not worry so much about athleticism. It's just kind of power lift and, and get big. And then also I think before we got to BA they're they're really, was all kinds of problems with the strength program. You know, the, the strength coach had been fired. I, th- I think he, he had, you know, problems with the law or DUI or something like that. So he ended up getting re- let go. So there really wasn't, you know, that sense of accountability of, of having a strength coach there to talk to him about nutrition and their bodies. So I think that was one stigma to go over. And I know at Jinx, that, that was where all that was built, you know, between you know, them, those guys working out together on the same rack, that family, that brotherhood, and then just that mentality of, you know, no, no one's going to outwork us. No, no one's going to be tougher than us. No one's going to hit harder than us. You know, we're going to take care of each other. If, if one guy goes after one of the guards, he's going to have to deal with all four of them. So I just think that that sense of family, and we needed to get that going at BA. Um, a lot of those guys, I felt like, not all of them, but there was a good number of kids who, you know, we're maybe just in it to, I just want to get a scholarship or it's all about me, you know, all about what, what can I do after this instead of, Hey man, you play for broken arrow high school. You play for one of the coolest communities in, in Oklahoma, you know, and, and let's get this thing going. I think once we kind of started that and, and guys got to see that and we're going to hold them accountable at the same time when they you know put people on the ground and they did things right. I mean, we were the biggest fans there ever were. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing that, that coaches miss is, when the kid does it wrong, yeah, we, we coach them. There's not a coach in America, you know, a good coach that doesn't correct them. But there, there's not enough coaches, I think, who get completely excited and go nuts and, and love them up when they do the thing right. They, they have to feel that sense of pride, you know. And, again, you go back to a guy like Tony Holler, it comes back to that sense of winning, that sense of dopamine. You know, you telling them, you guys, you guys are going to be a part of the, the greatest unit on the field here at Broken Arrow. When kids start to hear that all the time, again, that's just releasing all that, those good feelings, that dopamine, that winning sensation, right? Those things really foster themselves. And once it turns into that, that kind of confidence, you'll notice that it, it just really takes over itself. And you don't hardly have to do anything. You're just kind of there to remind them, hey, hey, that's not how we play. This is how we play. That's not how we work. This is how we work. And once it kind of just rolls on its own and the guys are, are doing it, and I guarantee Coach Moody's heard it from the guys at K-State. That's how it was run at North Dakota State. You know, those guys just kind of kind of roll in there. Hey, here's the game plan. You guys got it. Yep, we got it. We're going to practice hard, and, and we'll be good. The players just took care of it. Same thing happened at Broken Arrow. 
And uh, yeah, you hit the nail on the head again. And, and uh, I, I know talking to coach Blazek, it's, you know, he, he's up there right now. He's the old line coach in North Dakota state. And, and uh, he didn't miss a beat. You know, I know coach Riley was there and, and now they have coach Blazek and, and uh, you know, that identity I think is absorbed and, um, and that's what they're hanging their hat on. They're doing the same thing they've always done up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, watching them, and I'm like, yeah, there's there, there's power, there's power. They're they're doing some things, you know, and and uh, you know, I know that talking to coach Coach Riley, I don't know him that well, but you know, Coach Blazek and him are are seem like two different personalities. And um, but I'll tell you that I, I guarantee you that it, they didn't miss a beat. The culture's still the same. Those guys believe, and and it's been built up that way. Um, and so, you know, coach from coach to coach, it just kind of has taken over and the identities have been absorbed and, and, uh, you know, that's being the head coach here. Um, you know, I, I am the O-line coach. Um, you know, the first year I was the, the old, only O-line coach. And then the second year I actually hired another guy to, to, uh, to help me with that. And he's been kind of the, cause you know, Head coaches are, are, you know, most of the time head coaches are the quarterback coach. But for me, you know, I wanted to, to kind of sell the O-line as, hey, guys, I'm over here for a reason. Why do you think I'm over here? You know, I'm over here because this is the most important crew on the field. And I think those guys embrace that. And, and having two guys over there that, that care about those guys has, has helped a lot with building that identity. And what you guys have done at Broken Air is, is, is the same exact thing. And I think that – that stems winning and it stems, stems that, uh, that dopamine that you're talking about. Those guys embrace it. They talk about it and, and, and it's kind of their identity. I think that's, you know, obviously a, a huge deal, you know, like you both said, and, and uh, it's a cool thing. And, and Coach Alexander gives out T-shirts for line, offensive lineman of the week. That's the only position everyone else, you know, best on offense or big play or whatever. But offensive line is the only one that gets its own T-shirt. Um, so he makes it special. But, you know, I think, also, uh, obviously, the development of, of linemen is, is really big. And, and I think the one way that, that, uh, that I would talk to most offensive line coaches and, and tell them that you know, it would be my biggest thing that, that I would say to do is, uh, you know, we grade, or, or I do, I grade every night uh, all of our inside and all of our team plays through huddle. Uh, so I've made, a, um, I've made a column that says LT, LG, C, RG, RT, Y. Um, and then H. And so then I go through every play uh, using my clicker and then typing in. So just like you would type in, you know, whatever, like under play, under LT, if he took a bad second step, I could just type in bad second step, click over to left guard. If he did it fine, I could do a plus or nothing, go to the next, go to the next, and boom, next play. So I go through all five of those uh, from practice. And then uh, by the end, so I've gone through, I've graded all of practice. I go through, uh, and then I've also – I forgot this step. I also added a column that's called Harper Notes. And, and I kind of stole this from when Walls was talking about Nebraska. So I'll go through, grade left tackle through tight end, boom, 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 and, and write things out. If it's something really important or something that went really well or really poorly or something we definitely need to talk about, under Harper Notes, I just put a one. And one means um, go back and look at this. So I go through, grade it all. Uh, all of our inside, and then I go and sort by the number one under Harper Notes. Um, I tag all of those and then save it under a playlist. I go do the same thing under team, drag all the ones to that same playlist, and then uh, right there I've already built, uh, you know, hopefully 10 to 
15 play playlist that I can show the guys before we go out to the practice field. And, and uh, now it's graded. But so uh, during the next day, we've got a short meeting. Uh, we're not keeping them in there too long so I can keep their attention and, and make sure it's the important stuff. But by grading all of it, I get to see what happened, but also the kids can look at that on their own. So if they're kids that like to watch a lot of practice huddle and, and everything, boom, they've been graded out every single play they had. They can look through as much as they want, and then I'll make sure and hit our 10 to 15 plays that we need right before practice. I love that. That's good stuff. And and one one thing one thing we do, and you know, kind of looking at the, the educational aspect of it. And uh, I always try to see, Hey, am I teaching this? Well, I try to be the best teacher I can be. And, and some of the things that we do is, is I make notes, uh, practice script, uh, our practice film, put together some notes and then we'll actually ask questions and have the guys, you know, Hey, tell me about this play and, and get up and talk about what went right, what went wrong. So we can kind of get that process of, of what their thinking process is, you know, what, what do they think they did right or what do they think they did wrong? And, and hearing those guys, some of the times, you know, you'll get some off the wall answers and some of the time, you know, you'll get some good answers. And I think getting that process, that learning process of having them step up and, and have ownership of it, you know, gets them to watch a little bit more film. Um, because they're like, oh, God, I don't know it. You know, I can't even get up and talk about it. So um, we, we take the time to do that, and, and uh, we do that on Wednesdays because Wednesdays typically are the day that you, you're talking midweek. If you're going to switch anything up or scrap anything, which is what we do, we never add anything, but we scrap stuff on Wednesday. If, if we don't feel like a kid's getting it, then we'll scrap something. Yeah, I know, Harp, you've done a, cu a couple of things, too, with your older guys and, and e even had them, like, teaching some of those guys. So, you know, almost kind of partner them up. So left tackles together, you know, guards together, whatever it might be, and having some of those guys also doing some of the critiquing. So you have your, your playlist of, you know, quote, mistakes. And then it's like, all right, you know, hey, you, you're, you're going to coach him up on this play. All right, I want you to, to talk about the technique. So, again, having him verbalize you know, and, and hopefully understand the, the footwork you guys use, the landmarks, all those different things. I thought that was a, a really cool uh, idea to use, especially with some of your kids who, you know, maybe you're, are kind of bored. Like, yeah, I get it, coach. We're double teamed to the backside linebacker, you know, taking it to the next level of, okay, Mr. Smart Guy, you know, all right, you're teaching him now. And I think now it gives them that challenge. And a lot of those kids, I think it, they kind of relish that. Yeah, it's, it's something that I got to get better at. Um, I've, I've done it a few times, but I really should try to do it, like Coach said, maybe every Wednesday. But uh, I would go through and tag like our JV games. And, and I'd grade out all the JV games and, and find 10 or 15 and put them out there. And if it was a left guard, uh, instead of me saying it, I'd hide the, uh, the, the comments and, and have our, our starting left guard tell the JV left guard what he could have done on that play or what he should have done. And then um, I've done it once or twice with, with um, our defensive scout film whenever I have enough time. So uh, our twos, I make sure they go over um, and do the scout team. And so I can grab the defense's film uh, and bring a couple of those up if it's a good week with a team that, that's similar to us. Um, and then I can do the same thing with those kids. And it's something that I need to do more of. Uh, but, but you're right, Walls. It lets those kids be in a completely different mindset and, and makes them think maybe even a little bit deeper. Yeah, I, you know, I like I like seeing what our kids know. You know, I think sometimes we get as coaches, and and uh, I've I've been guilty of it is is talking to kids way too much, 
mm-hmm. and uh, and teaching over teaching things. And uh, you know, kids are hell. I can tell if a kid's glazed over after I'm talking for five minutes. And and um, you know, so we we do our our tempo periods. Uh, you know, we let the quarterback call it, and so we kind of get his mindset on hey, what, what is he? what does this quarterback, you know, what does our quarterback really feel strongly about? Like, what does he really think that we're good at? Cause they'll, they'll call it, you know, if they feel really good about Jeff sweep, you know, which we felt pretty good about this year, our quarterback did as well. Now he just call that play over and over again, <laughs> you know, and just kind of get an idea of, of what, what our main guy that's, that's kind of our leader on the field on the offensive side of the ball. What does he feel that we are good at? Oh, you're dang right, dude. I, <laughs> with the quarter, you'll find out how how much football your quarterback knows when you let him start calling plays. Right? Yeah. You'll you'll find it out right away, and then it's it's such such fun stuff to be able to break down afterwards. Like, hey, you know what what were you thinking on third and three? You know what why why'd you call this on why'd you call this on third and three? Why'd you take a shot on first down here? You know, and, and just listening to what they saw. Like, hey, coach, you know they're not expecting it. I. I know this safety, they play this. I know our guy is going to do this. I know this guy can beat that guy. I mean, to me, again, you're talking about wanting them to think at different levels, you know, understanding matchups, understanding situations, understanding, you know, the, the score of the game or the time in the game, taking care of the football, when it's a good time to take a risk. I mean, all those things go into that, that category of, of application and, and higher level thinking and even to that top level of, of creative thinking. And, and once kids, I think, can, can start to reach those, those areas because we're not shackling them and holding them back, it's, it's unbelievable what, what kids can ultimately do. Oh, for sure. You know, a couple plays that kind of stick out in my mind was, you know, we had a play that was relayed in, and, and I called it incorrectly, and our, our quarterback checked it at the line of scrimmage, checked it out of the formation and, and into the play that, I wanted initially, and I, I just looked at our assistant coach, and I was like, "Damn, he understands the offense. He gets it. You know, he he knows exactly what I want." And I screwed up. You know, I we signal everything in, and I think I just, you know, I, I said the wrong formation and wrong play, and he checked out of it and went went to what it, what we really wanted. And uh, you know, he there's a couple times that you know he'd come over the side and we talk, and he's like, "I really feel strong about this play." I said, "All right, let's do it." You know, and so kids have to be confident and, and I think giving them ownership of the offense and, and, you know, to an extent, but I think it gives them a little bit of ownership and, and, and they're the ones that have to play on the field. You know, they're, they're the ones that have to execute. So if we can give them a little bit of confidence, I think we're going to be better from it. Well, I've, I've said it before and, and it's something that walls always did and um, he's pretty sneaky. So I'm sure he had some way, uh, about making it the way he wanted it to be, but he would always sit down the quarterback and and on you know whatever day it was, maybe Wednesday, Thursday, and, and say, okay, what what's your what's your three passes that you feel most comfortable with? And I'm sure during the week he had really talked to those three or four up and and talked about how great they were and pumped them up when he was pl- when he was in practice. But he would put it on the quarterback. Hey, what do you feel the most comfortable with? And and you know he number one, the kid said. I really like this, then he's got some ownership in it and, and he's going to really do whatever he has to do to make that work. And then, um, you know, also it, it gave walls, it let him know what's our quarterback comfortable um, throwing or doing, you know, if, if, if um, you know, a slant 
I think slant's going to be open all day, but he hates throwing slant, but he loves running a five-yard in. Well, you know, same thing. Let's do the one that he feels comfortable with, and he's going to, you know, let it fly. Dude, I'm telling you, that that stuff right there goes goes so far, too, in, in relationship building because, I mean, number one, I mean, if you're going to build any relationship, you know, I, I have to be credible. He has got to trust me, but he trusts me even more when when I listen to him. So when he told me those things, I mean, I, I'd be right there on the computer. And if he said something like, coach, I, I can't stand this, I would literally delete the play. He'd see it. I'm like, hey, it's off, dude. We don't have it. I mean, there'd be a couple times where he might feel like a little bit guilty. I'm like, no, you don't like it. I'm not calling it. Right. I mean, it's, it's just going to be a, a dead play anyway. And then, you know, the stuff that he wanted, that's the stuff I'm like, I was either highlighting or I was putting in the first 10. You know, I'd ask him, you know, hey, when do you want to throw this? Do you want, do you want to take a shot right away? What are you thinking? Like, ah, you know, let's, you know, let me build into it. Like, no, no, I like this a lot. Let's take the shot here. I just think, and then once he saw that I would follow through on it and I put it on the game plan, I mean, the, the trust level there was, was, was off the charts. So then like when Coach Harper was saying, when, when I was selling him on another player, I was selling him on a, a shot play, he believed me. <coughs> he, knew, he knew that I wasn't going to be pumping smoke up his butt. He knew that I was giving him stuff that, hey, dude, this is going to score. And, and that was the same, same mentality he'd take to the field, too. Yeah. <clears throat> Sometimes we, you know, we think we're smart and we know the plays and we know <clears throat> we want to be able to pat ourselves on the back. But, <clears throat> you know, it's the kid that has to execute the play. That's, we, try, uh, we tried to run a, <clears throat> a throwback screen and <clears throat> I actually thought it was a great play. You know, I was like, man, this is going to hit a big one, man. We're going to be like four and – and, you know, I didn't listen to our quarterback. Our quarterback didn't like throwing it. He didn't like to have to throw across his body. And, and uh, you know, what, what do we do? We throw a pick six. And I'm like, <laughs> God damn it, man. I didn't listen to him. <laughs> I knew he didn't like to play. And now he really doesn't like to play. That's right. Pick six. <laughs> I, I've, stole, I've stole that, you know, from, from Walls, just from me calling the JV games. I go up and, you know, we got to roll through all three quarterbacks. I'll go up to each one of them and I've got my call sheet and I'll say, all right, what are, what are your, some of your favorite passes? And they'll tell me and I'll circle it right there in front of them. And, and I say, all right, you, be, you better uh, make it work whenever we get it called. And then uh, when they do, I'm like, there you go, you called it. And, and when they don't, I'm like, what's the deal? I thought that was your favorite one. Uh, give it to me again, coach. It's still going to work. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, though. And those, you know, kids kids are exactly the same at a younger age too. My son right now, I shoot, I called I called a pass play in Madden and he he's like, No, no, I'm gonna run the ball. What does he do? He scores on a touchdown. I'm like, damn, dude. <laughs> That's right. Run the damn power, brother. <laughs> <laughs> he gets it. Well, yeah. coach, we're 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 running up on an hour now. Um you know, it's it's flown by. It's been uh, an unbelievably and, and really exciting, fun podcast to do. But running up on an hour. Uh, so the, all, the thing I always like to ask guys is when you're watching another team's offensive line, what's some things they'd be doing that would make you think highly of their offensive line coach? You know, this year we played a team that they actually knocked us out of the, the playoffs and they went on and, and uh, played the state championship game. And, you know, their double teams were super, like, just textbook. You know, the, the way they – executed their double teams, you know, and, and I saw them drilling before the, before the game. And I'm like, Oh, this is going to be a battle, man. This is going to be a battle. And, and, and watching people execute, uh, especially on power, because, you know, we've struggled with it too. And just having to rep the piss out of it and 
getting guys to, to double to the backside backer or, or in duo, you know, for us, you know, having to double and, and be really super patient and not chase backers. Um, I think when I watch that on film and I see that execution, I know it's going to be a dog fight, um, especially for us on defense. But um, that's the one thing I can I, watch in film you know, I'm not much of a, you know, inside zone guy, but it is beautiful to watch some of those, those teams. Like, yeah, you know, I'm a huge 49ers fan, huge 49ers fan. Watching them run wide zone makes me want to run wide zone. <laughs> I just right. watch them run it and, and the execution and just the little intricacies that most people don't see on the, on the O-line. And, and that's a beautiful thing about the O-line that I just love is, is the little – you know, little tidbits and the fundamentals, um, you know, watching, watching them work together is just, it's a beautiful thing to watch. Coach, man, it's been a blast. I know uh, we appreciate the, the support you've shown us, you know, through, uh, you know, the podcast and, and the premium, you know, I, I love the chances we've had to, to sit down in clinic as well. And, you know, just, just always appreciate you, your positive attitude and, and your willingness to, to continue to learn. And at the same time, you know, bounce ideas. I mean, I've, you know, I've sat there and, and, you know, rattling, rattling off different ideas and power and counter. And, and every single time I come away with, you know, a new idea or a new way to do something. So I think, you know, having you on is, is awesome. It's just kind of a testament to, you know, what this platform's allowed us to do and, and what social media's allowed us to do, you know, living several hours apart, but at the same time, you know, almost kind of feeling like if I ever did have a question, it's like having another dude on staff that I could rattle something off of, man. So I appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate you guys. You know, you, I don't know that I can't explain, you know, the impact that you guys have had on me as a young coach and, and having the ability to, to get on Twitter or send you a message and have you send film and just bouncing ideas off you guys and, and listening to you guys. And, and it's, it's just been a, it's been a great experience for myself and a great learning experience. And, and I just appreciate everything you guys are doing and, and hopefully I can get a, t a chance to come down there in the spring. You guys have spring ball. We don't up here, so we ain't doing anything in the, in the spring. I'd love to come down and, and, and watch some spring practice if you don't mind. Heck, yeah, Coach. I'd, I'd love for you to just uh, remind me, and I'll, send you, I'll shoot you our schedule as soon as we get it, and would love to have you here and, and watch and then pick your, pick your brain and, and talk some football as well. It'd be great. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys, make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it will allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.